All right, all right. So I could jump right in today for our listeners here, Craig, and we can just read what the recording title says. Do you, can you read the recording title link that I sent you? Uh, No. It doesn't say it for you. Okay, so I have to read it. <laughs> so um, what the recording link today says that I sent Craig is 30th October 2023. Craig is anti-Halloween. Randy finds out why. <laughs> so, Craig, do we want to go down this route today? We talked about it. We're recording this on a Monday. We talked about this on Friday. At the very end, during our, our reflection recording, we, talk, we were talking about what's going on for the weekend, and we had some Halloween stuff going on. And you, you kind of you dropped a little bit of a, a little bit of a, what's the word? It's like you dropped a bomb on a you dropped a uh what what's the word, Craig? Um cliffhanger? Yeah, kind of, but like you, you kinda of just casually dropped it and then I said to you, it's like we might have to we might have to talk about this on the Monday episode because it just feels like there could be a lot of hot takes and I didn't say hot takes, but it could bring out a different side of us that could be kind of fun if it's antagonistic. Even though it could be toxic long-term to be honestly always antagonistic, but when I was thinking about the co-host relationship, aren't some co-hosts very entertaining because they kind of they kind of argue all the time? <laughs> yeah. So it, for our listeners, we thought it'd be interesting for us to... It's almost like we're role-playing a little bit, but just kind of see where it takes us today. Since we're doing so many of these recordings, we have the, the freedom to to do stuff pretty differently each time if we choose was the thought process yeah sounds great so craig uh you're kind of on the you're kind of on the hot seat so craig is anti-halloween randy finds out why the original the original title was the one i texted you right after our recording last time and i said uh craig puts the gavel down on halloween something of that nature so do you have an opening statement for for this knowing that so just so everyone knows uh, me and Craig both had Halloween parties over the weekend. I I happened to go to one Halloween party on Friday of one friend and then one on Saturday. So it's very possible that we had very different experience, very different takes on Halloween, especially since I traveled for both of mine. <laughs> so we'll, we'll have to see what happens here if we're on different sides of the aisle in the Halloween uh, political scene. Yeah, so I... I think I don't I don't uh, I haven't like thought about this enough to have like a concise opening statement here, but I can run through quickly a few points, uh, kind of my outline, and then we can we can talk about each one uh, at more depth. So first off, it's kind of personal to me, but pop culture is not my strong suit. So when I'm like at a Halloween party. I'm like looking at people around me and I'm like trying to figure out who they are. And in like pretty good chance that I haven't seen or like read or whatever, what like about seeing the character that they're, they're referencing. And so then I'm like in this. Yeah. So, so there's some kind of pop culture, uh, like mismatch for me. Second point is that with, which kind of tied to this, but it's also a little different. 
like I have some level of social anxiety and when I'm in a like group setting like especially with like like a party setting like I can't hear super well in those settings so I can't hear super well and then I'm like a little so like anxious about socializing and both of those things or that's just harder when people are pretending to be somebody else and when I'm pretending to be somebody else than just interacting as my genuine self with other people acting as their genuine selves. Uh, the fourth point is that people who are more comfortable being like pretending to be someone else, that kind of makes me uncomfortable. It's like, like how can I kind of trust you as a friend if you're more comfortable pretending to be somebody that you're not? Like, why can't you just be who you are all the time? And the fourth and final point is that Halloween for for people our age in their in like college and twenties and low thirties probably, Halloween is basically an excuse to eat candy, get drunk, and hook up. Which I think if you're like looking to do one of those three things halloween can be super fun uh but at this stage in my life not hugely into candy i'm married and haven't been drinking as much lately so uh those are my four points um happy to go into any of them uh, at more depth all right so what i want to do first is let's try to let's try to recap those four points just as kind of a, a structure for us to work off of. So uh, I think I have the first and third points, but let let's just try to start with. So the first point that I heard from you was, um, I I, I kind of felt like the points from one through four started off like, oh, that's not that's not polarizing at all. That's like that's like a really good answer. Uh. And then I feel like they got more polarizing as you went on in the two, three, four. So let's try to recap them just so we can put a label to them. So the first point, um, the second point was a little bit of, you feel like there might be some social anxiety in having those conversations. The third was if someone's more comfortable being someone else, that kind of makes you suspicious. You didn't use suspicious. I like that word, but. But it, it makes you suspicious about like why is why is that like is that kind of off put put you off a little bit so that's two and three the fourth was that the three things that Halloween is an excuse for is eating candy getting drunk and hooking up and then you you follow that up with uh, don't love candy as much as you used to or you just don't like it as much two uh, you're married and three you don't drink as much. As uh, compared to people at Halloween parties, so that was kind of like your the antithesis of your thesis. So, the first point though, how is this slipping my mind? It was like a very I, I should have noted it on my phone. By the way, when I'm taking notes, I don't write my notes because it, it it comes up on the microphone. So I actually have to type my notes into my phone because it's silent. <laughs> That's fine. So I I did not type it this time. What was your first point? Craig, it was it was a tame point, but I thought it was a good point. It was like a pop culture mismatch. Yes, yes. It's me and the rest of the world. It was such a like that one. I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't think about that one at all. That's 
and it's a uh, it's a great point because especially depending on what party you're going to, you might be going to a really close friends party or like a friend of a friend or a friend of a friend of a friend, and that could create a few degrees of separation of interests and age groups, and then you could just from one thing leads to another, not just leading you know tanny leads to drinking, drinking leads to socializing. But one thing leads to another in terms of there was already some unfamiliarity with the group. Now there's an unfamiliarity with the interests of the group. And now you're like, I don't know what any of these costumes are. So, yeah, exactly. Huh. Where do we? I I have one quick point on that. I I was going to say, where do we go from here? But I have one quick point on that is, in my experience, this, this past weekend, Halloween parties were a little bit different because the one was their third annual. It was the third year in a row I've gone to the same party. And then the other one had a bunch of people from that other party. It was just a different... One was in Manhattan, one was in Brooklyn. It, for those listening who have ever spent time in New York, when one of your friends lives in Manhattan and one lives in Brooklyn, or, or one borough for one, one borough for the other, you'd be surprised. It's actually really challenging to get together at a certain point because... The subways are great, but sometimes they're not connected based on where people are in one borough. So that's just a complete sidebar that has nothing to do with Halloween. But um, what I was going to say, Craig, is with that social, you feel like you have social anxiety or a a degree of it in situations that Halloween might kind of augment it. I'm wondering if you don't have the pop culture reference for them and if maybe there's a little bit of social anxiety, is it wrong to say that your first question is so? So what are you today? Do you do you think that's a good question, or does that actually offend people? Like, oh, you don't know? Is my costume not good? <laughs> like, what what's the what's your take on that? Huh? I think that that's a natural first question, and I think that the way that that question works is if you have enough pop pop culture reference, like that question. Another way of saying that question is like, like, connect what you're dressed up as to the character. But that doesn't have anything to do with my knowledge of the character. It's like I can still ask that question, and if they they'll tell me, and I'm like, I have no idea who that is. Like that's not helpful to me, you know. And so like I think that a lot of people ask that question, and then they are like, oh, I see it now. And they know, and then they can, like, connect over knowing. And, like, they they appreciate that's, that person's decision to dress up as that character, you know? Whereas when I don't know who that character is, I'm like, all right, like, let's talk about something else, <laughs> you know? Okay. So I'll try to draw an example of... So... Someone over the weekend, I didn't know who their who their character was, even when they said the name. But I, but I, but then I was like, it was from a movie, and they said, oh, it was a Bruce Willis movie. I was like, oh, it's the movie with, and I just picked the movie that I remember with Bruce Willis that was the most unique because their costume was very unique, and I was right. But for you, it almost sounds like even if they give you the character, you're like, I don't even know what movie. Like I can't even guess what movie or which show that's from. It's like I have nothing to work off of here. So. Yeah. How do I even have a productive, not really the right word, but bear with me, a productive conversation with you to find ways to connect with you? I don't know the character. I don't know what show or source of entertainment it's from. 
and I might barely know you because you're a friend of a friend of a friend. So that combined with if there's any social anxiety, it's like, wow, this is a terrible party for me. <laughs> and also, like, if you think about, like, how socialization works in general, it's like, mm. in, in most... Where we go with this, Craig. In most events, there's some kind of icebreaker, you know? And in a Halloween party, the costumes are that icebreaker, right? And so if you, uh, if the icebreaker is successful, you kind of go into this fun, engaging, like small talk, get to know you kind of thing. And if you don't, some events have uh, like an agenda, you know? It's like if you're at work, like you get hop on a call and you're like, how was your weekend? And then if somebody says, good, and that's it, then you just move on to the meeting. But if they say, like, oh, I did this fun thing, then you're like, oh, cool, I like, then you can, like, talk about it for a while. So at a Halloween party, the, the, like, agenda to move on to is, like, eating candy, drinking, or hooking up. And it's too loud to engage, at least for me, often is too loud and like distracting for me to like engage my uh like any other like conversational skills that I have in that setting so it's like it's just like it just feels like an impossible task for me huh so it's an impossible task to be able to to make the um Given that you're talking about the icebreaker, Halloween party, it makes sense that it's the costume. But you're saying, where is in a an ice uh, before a work meeting? It's like, well, how was your weekend? If someone says good, it's totally chill, just move on. It's not like, oh, that was weird, nothing to say. Whereas in a Halloween party, it would be that doesn't happen. It's not just good. It's like people say more things. But you're, I guess I'm I'm a little lost here. Maybe you can bring me. Maybe you bring me back here, like. We, I feel like we uh, talked about like the conversation around the costume and how like my lack of pop culture knowledge uh, contributes to having that kind of icebreaker not work very well. And the point I'm trying to make is that any step in a conversation beyond that icebreaker is also difficult. Um, at at uh, any like loud party, basically, and so then at least like at least it's not my favorite. Like it's not like it's not like impossible, but it's not my favorite. Like if I'm gonna talk to somebody, I'd rather like have like be in a place where I can hear them well and like focus on it. Uh, and so it's not like set up for good conversations in general. And so the combination of like the poor icebreaker and the poor conditions for a good conversation just mm, mean to me that like I'm not going to have that much fun like talking to people and so then my brain it's like what I'm thinking is like what does this party have to offer then uh, so let me ask you then so so for the listeners that don't know if you listen to this episode chances are you probably heard it a past episode that mean Craig went to undergraduate together went to college together so craig do you do, 
do you think you always felt this way about the uh because that last point you made of i mean <laughs> i mean you weren't married in college but what i'm trying to say is the dynamic of parties did you feel like the social anxiety uh did you feel that way in school as well or do you think that's like being in a being in a big city like can you kind of talk me through that if you're uh i'm, I'm just curious like, is that something you felt for a long time, or is this more like recent years? At this point recording, we've been out of school for about four years. So we've done an undergraduate degree in the school of hard knocks. <laughs> so uh, what, what, do you, what do you think about that? Because I just, for our listeners to know, we went to school together, so that's kind of my lens into it. And, we, and we, Craig, actually see a classic story. After school, we see each other less, but we also live on different coasts of the country, so that, that plays a role. Yeah, so I think that I always felt that to a certain degree, but in college, like before I was married, when I was single, like two of the three activities that a Halloween party moves on to, I was very down for, you know? Uh, like particularly the drinking part. Like, like I have way too many times to count when I've felt like, uncomfortable in a social situation like thrown on a band-aid of a few drinks and it's been way better seemingly um but now i'm i'm trying to drink less because i've noticed tons of benefits of drinking less um and so i don't have that kind of crutch in those situations mm. See, also i'd be curious because the i like the way you put it of of, of the experience of putting on the Band-Aid in an uncomfortable situation, or I feel like we've all experienced that. I would actually be curious if there's a stat around the percentage of people that are willing to admit that in a, sur like a survey or a study, because I got to think, I got to think it's like probably over 80% in terms of people that have admitted to that, because it is so true. Like, and for you now, I'm just thinking, you, you experience the benefits of drinking less. It's actually funny this conversation is we're talking about drinking right now. It's it's amazing how these <laughs> Yes, there's drinking that happens at Halloween, but this potentially could get a little deeper than I than I thought we were gonna get, which is totally <laughs> fine. Uh but yeah, the thing I was thinking about was you experience the benefits, like you said, of drinking less. But now it's not it's not a uh, disadvantage. It's just now it's those situations that might have been uncomfortable in the past, there's no Band-Aid. So it's like, Jesus, this is so uncomfortable. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, and exactly. I, I, I'm, I'm tentative to call it a disadvantage. It's more of the blinders are off or the Band-Aid is, is no, nowhere to be found in the medicine cabinet. So um, ah, it's, it's interesting, though. I mean, where do we go from here? Because I feel like we, we, we just I, I alluded to us know each other from college so I, I took you that route but wh what do you think what are you thinking for what are you thinking for today we're about 20 minutes in today we didn't we didn't discuss an episode length time for today i know we did 30 minutes last time we did an hour before that so do we want to kind of decide now how much longer we want to go just to kind of give us a not a blueprint because we don't have a blueprint today but what do you think if we go to the same like this Friday, we have ten more minutes. If we go, if we go what we did the day before, it gives us another forty. 
Yeah, that's not a right answer. Turn her 15 minutes. And I want to turn turn the tables because I feel like you've gotten a sense of my attitude towards Halloween and Halloween parties. And particularly with the drinking aspect, like when when we were in college, I was uh, much more uh, likely to be found many drinks deep on a weekend night than than you were, at least for the first few years of college. Um, so I'm curious, like, first off, like, your your thoughts on the, the four points I have about Halloween, and if you experience any of those. And- Note to the audience, Craig has turned the tables. with he has, he has actively turned the tables. It has happened. I felt it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, go back. Second, just like, what do you think of like the, um, like in your own experience, the the idea of like how drinking is a aspect of socialization? Two uh, parter. So start with the the Halloween, the four points of Halloween. Four points of the Halloween. So please please do if you can, and I'll try to fill in gaps if 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 I need to. But that would be helpful yeah, to recap the the four. Also, it's helpful for the listeners, right? Like it's probably not bad to repeat stuff. On a yeah, show. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the first point is the the pop culture mi- mix mismatch. So for this one, you have a great knowledge of pop culture. So I imagine you have a different uh, different take on this. Um, second is social anxiety, uh, with like people pretending to be somebody else. Um, se- third is uh, the suspicion around. Uh, people being more comfortable acting as somebody else instead of being themselves. And fourth is Halloween is an excuse to eat candy, get drunk, and hook up. Oh, wow. 10, 15 minutes. I don't think I can even jam this all to 10, 15 minutes, but I'll do my best. Um, so it, where I go back to, it's not specific to Halloween, but it's specific to parties in college because I actually I didn't drink for basically the first year of college which is a little only my close friends know this like Craig you knew this right yeah and if you didn't it it was probably mentioned a while ago and it's pretty easy to forget because (laughs) because then we did drink a lot together so you know (laughs) but the but the first year I had a a point of pride for not drinking and it's interesting because I'm not I'm not incredibly religious by trade. I'm not, and I know that is a reason that prevent that can um, get people to actively not drink. There's just some religious ideas around that. So that wasn't my reason. Um, I actually had a point of pride where I prided myself on on being able to interact with anyone and anyone at any time, and I felt like if I started drinking, I was going to lose that confidence and that skill. Because that means I'm taking the easy way out. I'm doing the the band-aid on the thing that even my friends around me were doing. But I, I was so prideful about this. It was actually, I don't know how to describe it. But then in the years after that, when I did drink, I would say like a, like a normal university college student, I experienced the benefits of when things were uncomfortable in an 
social interaction. It's like, oh, well, the Band-Aid's on. It's fine. So I'm like, I totally get it. And I've fallen into that too. But it started out as I don't want to be forced to to drink. I remember I was I was trying out for a sport at the school. And a little known fact is that sports tend to bring a drinking culture, regardless of what school you go to. And there was some pressure for me to drink. And I didn't want to do it. I, 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 there was that point of pride where that I just mentioned. But the also, also other part of the point of pride is like, I've held off for drinking so long, I would almost feel ashamed to myself if I let someone force me to do it. It's like, it's got to be my decision. I've held off too long for this. I haven't had a lick in high school. Didn't drink before college. I, yeah, I was so, you could argue I was prude about it. But I was like, I'm not going to have someone else make this decision for me. <laughs> So uh, that was how I started with that in terms of the drinking conversation. Uh, I did not answer your question, though, right? Because you, you wanted me to answer the, my take on the four points. Pop culture, social anxiety, people pretending to be someone else, suspicion of why people are more comfortable being someone else, and then the three things that happen on Halloween parties. So I didn't answer your question. So where do I go? While, while you're thinking about that, I just want to point out that, like, that's great context for this. What you just said about your, uh, your like decision when and how to start drinking, because, like, you said in there, like, you were you were good at socializing with anybody at any time in any context, and like that's like the exact thing opposite of what I'm saying. Like, I wasn't, I didn't have that skill, you know. Well, Craig, whether it was true or not, it's what I believed. That's why I kept emphasizing confidence, pride. I had very few things to be confident about at that moment. It was just the traditional period of life like most people. But that was something I was like, I am good at this. And I need, like, I, that was a story I told myself. So that's why it's a strong, there's a strong fervor in what I'm saying because I remember how strong it was for me. Yeah. And, like, the same for me. It's like, regardless of how good or bad I actually was, I didn't feel like I was good at at socializing. So so uh it's kind of funny that like we kind of are coming into college like at the at the opposite from opposite directions. And then like mm. I you used alcohol like immediately to help and then now I'm kind of tapering off of it and like reckoning with this this like with my ability to socialize with people. Whereas you kind of like reckoned with it from the start. And and then like added drinking uh, more deliberately. It sounds like. Yeah, but then I also mentioned too. I I definitely lost my way a little bit too because the band aid is the most comfortable extra comfort plus band aid ever. There's been several times where it's like, oh my goodness, like I, oh my god, I, Craig, we haven't got to this. I. There's things I love about our alma mater, and there's things I'm incredibly disappointed with with our alma mater, and and it's it's it's, it's actually it's kind of a shame. No, you're right. <laughs> it is a shame because I remember going to even like a holiday party for our alma mater in New York City. So I traveled to it from New Jersey, um, and I remember I had it's such awkward conversations. It was like so awkward, and this is where someone says, "Oh, Randy, it was probably you." It's like I'm sure it was partly me, but. Some people I talked to, I can't even describe the level of awkwardness. It was like pulling teeth. And they weren't 
I, I remember one conversation in particular. There were two people talking, and I, I, I went by, and I, I didn't really care for some of these people, but I was like, I'm at this event with, I'm at, I'll just say, I'll just say hi, this and that. But I felt like a goofball after, because I was trying to like diffuse the what felt like tension, and I, I would say, I would say like a joke, and then it was like met with dead air. I was like, oh my goodness, this is incredibly uncomfortable. Like, I, and it's hard to, it's also hard to describe too, because we all, I think it's pretty common, Craig, to misremember the actual reality of situations. But, um, it's, uh, where was I going with this? I'm getting, I'm getting off track here, Craig. I'm falling off the, the wagon, to use a, to use a <laughs> drinking term. Well, yeah, no, I, I think that that's, that's interesting. And like, it sounds like, like if I could guess where you were going with that, it's like, like the idea of using drinking as a band aid to help with socialization was like something that we fell into in school, partially, like partially for me because of my own skills. But it sounds like you could have been saying like it wasn't just us, you know, it wasn't just me. It was like there was a lot of people there that struggled as well, and so. Like when you have this group of of not great uh, socializers and put them all together, then everybody taking having having the band aid can help a lot. Mm -hmm. Also, the band aid helped, I guess. So with with drinking, there's there's different archetypes of drinkers, right? There's the funny drinker, there's the sad drinker, the angry drinker, and then. There's probably a fourth, but those are kind of three main ones. In in my experience, and I think back to that that one holiday event I went to, it could have just been the mindset I was in going in, but I felt like I was surrounded by not everyone, but there's some people that I think are just more negative when they're sober. Cause I definitely remember times where they were not Debbie Downers. And I felt like there were so many Debbie Downers. But that's not unique to Drake. That's just it, it, Craig, I think it's just easier to talk about negative stuff than to actually build a conversation around optimism. Like that's why people have that skill because it's it's at high demand. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, like um, yeah, because I, I would easily see that too. When I'm at, it's an awkward, I'm having an awkward conversation with someone. Yeah, crack a few jokes here and there, but then it's also easier to be like, oh, that thing was so annoying. Did you watch that? That that movie that came out so bad like it's just easier to say those things as opposed to being like well you know i like this part about it and this part of it. and then you might be met with like a deadpan it's like, easier for people to bond over negativity than positivity hot take not hot take that is like <laughs> that is social <laughs> entire basis for these social media empires that are running our freaking country right now yeah also a few other different things too right like if you're in the military bonding over that the fraternal aspect going through the hardness that's a negative experience that creates the sort of bonding as well right fraternities in general hazing yeah, totally. I, I guess i guess it is more of a social social not construct but as a social reality i guess social glue a social glue um so uh what do you think of those the four Four points of Halloween. I'm going to do the classic structure answering a question. Let me start with the last one. Let me start with the last point. So the last point 
it's it, it's it's kind of unfortunate. I'm mentioning this at minute 32, or wrapping up in a few minutes, but uh, it probably would lend context to the conversation that me and Craig are are at very different points in our lives. We're pretty close in age, Craig. Craig, but we're still what about two years, two and a half years apart? Two, two years, two, yeah, and a half, like two years. Uh, yeah, because you're you're around the age of my brother, and my brother is about two years older than me. Yeah. So, uh, but we're at very different parts in our in our lives. Whereas the the we could probably agree with the candy. I do have a little bit of a sweet tooth, but um, the drinking, uh, hooking up. I am I am single, so that. I wonder if I should have tried to get that in earlier in our show, just for context for listeners, where we're, we are coming up from different, different, you know, focal points, different points of view into it. Um, but that being said, I still, um, yeah, the, the, I can comment on the drinking part. I don't, um, I wouldn't have put the words to it the way you put it, but when you said it, it made me think of, I do appreciate the benefits of, of not drinking. But there are times where, like the, the one of the parties over the weekend, I drank considerably less than a lot of other people, and I was uncomfortable most of the night. And for a variety of reasons, but it was like, but then you could also argue I came off a limited sleep. I was way more irritable. Like people was people just bothered me just by saying stuff, <laughs> and that that could be that could be a side of minimal sleep, which I hadn't experienced in a while, so. That could be a little different, but uh, let's go back to the third suspicion of people being more comfortable as other people. That is interesting, and actually the second one are similar points. This is social anxiety about people pretending to be someone else. But the third one, for those who don't know, Craig knows this, but I am, I'm intrigued by acting methods, performance methods, and my into it is acting is perceived as fake, but performance is perceived as like depending on the context a really good thing performance in social situations oh you're fake performance in sports you're a legend so i'm intrigued by that whole thing because it, especially over the weekend there's some people that i've had very good conversations with over the years but then this this past weekend i didn't feel like going out of my way to to introduce myself i feel like i was introducing myself to them again and I'm pretty sure they saw me, but I was like, I don't want to be the one that's always going to you. Like, if you actually gave a shit, you would, you would talk to me. That, that, that could seem super petty, too. But I just remember thinking that over the weekend. And at that one party, I had very little drink. So I, that was like a sober thought. It was like, ah, uh, I just don't... Like, you know who I am. I, I've talked to you a million times. Like, why do I have to be the one that... I guess we're just not that tight. And that... I guess that's fine, but it's... When I think about it from a performance standpoint, I thought about it. It was weird that they didn't come up to me. And now I have an idea of them. It's like, oh, were they faking with me the whole last three, four times I talked to them? Now I'm like, that's weird. So from a performance side, it might have been good PR for one of us to just go to the other, keep it short, keep it tight, and just go about the day, go about the night. Because now I'm thinking, that's weird. Like... It, it just discounts my past interactions with them, I think. But yeah, I could be overstating here too. But I'm trying to work through this list here. Yeah, interesting. Um, That's the, like a whole a whole another level of uh, of like pretending to be someone that they're not. It's like like 
I, that's such a great point. It's like, I just feel like in general, it's easier to interact with somebody who's being themselves. But I think you're totally right that like most people at one time or another are are acting, performing as somebody that they're not, whether they're yeah. in a Halloween costume or not. Uh, and that like definitely affects uh, like social interactions with them. Yeah. I will say, I will wrap up. I didn't get through all your points there. Like, I didn't get to the pop culture mismatch, but I, uh, over the, I, 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 oh, growing up, I didn't relate with reading at all. I related with movie watching, partially because I felt like I was a slow reader, couldn't focus, always thought I had ADHD. No one's, everyone says I don't, but I was like, it'd be great if I, <laughs> it'd be great if I did, because it would explain why I can't focus when I read a goddamn book. Part of the reason why I majored in history is that I thought, well, I majored in history, I'm going to learn how to read. I'm going to learn, have to learn how to read semi fast. And I kind of did, but I, I feel like that muscle, kind of atrophied after I got the major because I don't really need to read as much and also just the nature of society today we get so much of our content through multimedia that's not always written words so that's I, I try to give a I try to give you a 30 second pitch on that that, that pop culture part um but what else I, there was something else oh so last thing I'll say because it sounds like a lot of what I was saying was pretty negative and I wouldn't argue with it that it was a um, couple things that helped me bring some peace of mind to it that makes maybe can make it a little more positive is that perception is reality. So I perceived something and I made it my reality, but that could be not true. Like I perceived that this person, uh, I, that we knew each other pretty well, but maybe they're like, I don't really know this dude that well. Like we talk, but I, I don't feel comfortable enough to talk to him. Uh, so that's, that's a possibility too. And then the other thing was... Um, Oh, so hard to keep my thoughts in line here. But the other thing was, um, I think one's a broad point, one's a specific point. So let me do the specific point first. Something that rubbed me the wrong way is that this person was talking to one of my friends that they actively talked bad about to me. So it was a weird thing to see across the room that they were talking. And I, I and I was already irritated that night. I wanted to go up and be like, oh, how are you guys doing? Like in my head, I'm like, I know you've talked shit about this person. He's a really close friend of me, mine. And now it's like, what you're acting like like that that was me the wrong way but then broader point when i have an issue with someone or something i usually have to remind myself to say randy you have to give people the freedom to change because the reality is they might have said something in the past they don't actually believe anymore and you have to give them that ability to change i think a lot of angst that i've received or even given to other people comes from that not accepting the truth of hey man Hey, Randy, you got to give people the freedom to change because if you don't, you're always going to have them under an umbrella that they don't even identify with. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's super interesting. Yeah, like kind of give them the, the benefit of the doubt. Uh, like give them a fresh start every <laughs> once in a while. I love that you said that phrase because I rationally agree with that. And then there's times where I'm like, I'm fucking tired of giving the benefit of the doubt. I feel like I'm discounting everything here. I'm like, oh, well, they could have had a bad day. And sometimes I'm so bullish on that. But there's other times I'm bearish where it's like, how many times do I need to give the benefit of the doubt before I can just be like, I don't like this interactions in this person. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's funny to talk about, but it, it's like I am both being negative and trying to be positive at the same time, which which is but it's coming off mostly negative because it's. It's a uh, couple things rubbed me the wrong way over the weekend. 
Yeah. Well, I, I think that that's like, like valuable in this conversation. So like, like I went into this weekend being like, uh, Halloween. And what you said is like, perception is reality. Like maybe I've just perceived that Halloween sucks. And now my opinion is set in stone. And maybe I should really give like, give Halloween a fresh start next year. And like, embrace it a little bit more like don't go into it with a negative attitude and maybe i'll have a much much better uh last weekend of of october yeah and actually can i say one more thing while i'm on my my soapbox where i'm yeah. trying to make all these connections to higher ideas because we started out like we were just gonna kind of make this episode a little bit of uh, a, a funny comedy episode but we found our way to get serious <laughs> we found our way so uh but one of the things I was going to say is there's this phrase that people say. It says, it is, what it, it is what it is. And when people say that phrase, Craig, you can agree or disagree. But in my experience, when people say that phrase, it's usually a negative phrase. Oh, it is what it is. They say it with a sigh. But if you actually think about that phrase, that phrase at its core is don't label things good or bad. They just are. Like it is what it is. It's not good. It's not bad. It is. Halloween just is. And I like that way of thinking because it goes along with the perception as reality. If I perceive something as negative, I'm going to find evidence that it's negative. If I perceive it as good, I'm going to find evidence that it's good. But if I just say it is what it is, but not the negative, I prefaced it with when people say that phrase, it's more of like, I can't control it. You know, it's, I'm, you know, I didn't want it, but it is what it is. But that phrase at its core with no emotion, I think is a great phrase. Like this thing is a thing. But I'm not going to label it because that's going to make my perception either overly negative or overly positive, which I feel like it's easy to understand overly negative is not good. But overly positive is probably a little not great, too, because it's like false reality. But it's easier to explain from the negative side. Totally. Yeah. So we, we started out with... Uh, my opinion of why Halloween sucks. And now we taken <laughs> a full, full circle on a circle that we didn't know existed to a basic kind of methodology that you can take towards uh, your like emotional uh, approach to anything, which I, I love. Like that's the, the kind of philosophical thinking that, that really gets me going. So, uh, so listeners, don't DM us. Don't leave a review on this uh, podcast. It is what it is. <laughs> exactly. You can't give us a review because that would have to give us your stance, which exactly. you're not allowed to do at this moment in time. That is hilarious. That is a hilarious point, actually. It's hilarious for me. It's not hilarious for anyone except maybe me and Craig. <laughs> All right. You want to wrap it up, Randy? Yeah, I think so. So I want to just wrap up with some quick observations on today. We started off trying to do something different. Like, I kind of wanted to put Craig in the hot seat. I wanted to almost play to, like, I am one political affiliation and Craig is another in terms of Halloween. But I feel like our rapport, it almost, it's an antithesis to us to be antagonistic with one another. We found organically a way to be like, well, you know, I could see your point this way. And, you know, Craig, that's a good point. I feel that way, too. That's the opposite of antagonistic. Like, there was very little devil's advocating that was happening. And I thought going in, 
I would try to create that environment because it would be so different for us. But I feel like we found, we ended up going into our quote unquote habit, which I would say is pretty awesome, but it may, I'm thinking about our last episode with all, all our listeners. If you haven't listened to our last episode, we talked about the the merits of an entertainment podcast. Craig had talked about Spike's Car Radio being really, really um, uh, important entertainment show for him. And I talked about kind of, I could argue it's a little too philosophical, but I, was, I argued a little bit about the, I told Craig, my answer is probably not what you thought. It's, I think there's an ethics question around entertainment because we all know social media, it doesn't add value to our lives, but it adds value if you're a company selling something. So it's like the entertainment side is I am actively distracting you from the big rocks, moving the big rocks in your life to focus on the rocks I'm trying to move. So I think I got a little too philosophical because if that's true, then I have to literally end my career right now because <laughs> my career involves getting attention from people. So, uh, but I just try to make some connections there. That closing was probably about three and a half minutes, which sounds short, but it felt long because I threw a lot out there. But uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. We started off thinking we were going to be um, jokesters comedy. We ended up just being being Craig and Randy as friends. So it'll be interesting, guys, to see how we evolve into a true co-hosting relationship because some of the best co-hosts are not necessarily friends before they start. They're just good co-hosts. So appreciate you guys tuning in and joining us on this journey because it'll be interesting to see how things evolve, what sticks around, what doesn't stick around in terms of how we do this show. Um, I'm loving the audio only. I feel like it just lets me and Craig just not be video Randy and video Craig. It's, it's Randy and Craig. I think that'll be helpful moving forward so that won't if and when we do bring video in, we'll have like a really intentional reason that it won't be video Craig and video Randy. It'll be Craig on video and Randy on video. So thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody.